0: back. Greetings and salutations, welcome to day 20 of the CPNT show Black Music Month 30 series. I'm of course your host Chris Stevens. Hopefully you have been enjoying the series so far if you've been listening and if this is your first time listening. The CPT show is covering Black Music Month all month long. June is Black Music Month. There are 30 days in June, and I'll be talking about 30 albums that are favorites of mine, that help shape my musical taste, that are important and critical to an artist's development and key in their catalog, or just albums that went under the radar from known artists and underrated artists. Today we get back into the hip-hop bag and we start off the 21st century with the Locks' freedom cry, We Are The Streets. With most good albums comes a good story, and the Locks are no different. January 25th, 2000, We Are The Streets released on Rough Riders, Interscope Records, the culmination of the massively successful Let The Locks Go campaign waged by Styles, Sheik, Jadakiss, and the Rough Riders crew to get them off of Bad Boy so they could release albums under the Rough Riders imprint. Rough Riders were their management team before they went and created a label with the success of DMX in 1998. So Rough Riders were looking to fill out their roster. They had DMX. They discovered Drag On. They found Eve and the locks, who they knew for years as their management firm, wanted to have the locks on Rough Riders and the locks wanted to be free from Bad Boy. So, thus, the Let the Locks Go campaign. There were mixtapes, there were flyers, radio appearances, all this good stuff. And finally, worked it out where Puff. Signed the deal to let them go and they signed with Rough Riders almost immediately and they were already working on the We Are The Street stuff. They just weren't going to release it on Bad Boy. So the Let The Logs Go campaign was them covering all of their bases. And it is an album full of anger, full of aggression, and freedom. Happy to be free from a label that they felt was not their style, was not their speed, and Jada Sheik and Styles just didn't like the way things were going. So that is what happened with that. And... Once again, We Are The Streets, January 25th, 2000. Very, very Swiss Beats heavy album. Of course, there's some P-Killer on there. There's, of course, Timbaland on Ride or Die Chick. But when you have a group of three rappers, it's important that all of them get to showcase their stuff and everybody on this album gets a solo track. And every member of the locks gets a solo track. Kiss tears it down on blood pressure. This was Rough Rider's way of Pushing him out there, letting him know that, yeah, you're next up. We've already been successful with Dmx. We've already been successful with Eve. We are going to give you the star treatment next. And of course, within a year or so's time, "Kiss the Game Goodbye" came out because Jado had just went on a mi- massive mixtape tour at that point after "Blood Pressure" because "Blood Pressure" was one of those songs that just hits you. "Blood Pressure" is a cultural point for a couple of reasons. The album version. Is heavily edited. Well, not heavily edited. It says it's just one person that gets mentioned, of course, and it's a person that, as a part of the contract um, agreement, couldn't be mentioned. But you can listen to the song. Say when you see me, don't ask me nothing about us, and don't definitely ask me nothing about. I mean, you can you can you can rhyme, right? You can figure it out. <laughs> so, blood pressure was a cultural touchstone from that point. Second point, got a chick named Superhead. She gets superhead. She moved in the building, even gave the super head. Now, who can we think of that has a nickname of Superhead? See where I'm going with this? Jade has always been ahead of the curve with punchlines and different things. So blood pressure was just the point where everyone's like, okay, this dude is really the real deal. He's the star of this group, but styles had a great solo too. felony niggas was something that introduced him in a way that made him seem like more than just the third wheel because Jada was the rapper, Sheik was like the heartthrob, one of my friends, matter of fact, shout out to T, she said that she was always been a Sean Jacobs fan since 7th grade, I'm like, damn, you said the man's whole name on Twitter, she was like, I just had to show you how deep my love goes, I get it, but yeah, Kiss was the rapper, Sheik was the heartthrob, Styles was like the silent guy, but felony niggas introduced Styles in a way that let people know that, yo, this dude is serious too, it would take a couple of years for a Styles solo to come out, but Gangsta and Gentleman, highly underrated album, and then Sheik has Bring It On near the end of the album, He talks about, he's happy that Rough Riders came and got him from the white man's property. He feel like Harriet Tubman. (laughs) That is so funny to me because, yes, record label contracts are shady and record labels can be slave drivers. But it just like for him to say it is like, yeah, things were bad over there. But yeah, she gets introduced on Bring It On. Rest of the album, it's a huge statement of, I mean, the title speaks for itself. We Are The Streets. And it doesn't get much more We Are The Streets than an intro track called Fuck You. If you hope we wouldn't make it, fuck you. Talk with a heart full of hatred, fuck you. Yep, this is what they mean. We out of here now. We're not, no more shiny suits. None of the nonsense. We are free. And we are happy to be free. Most, and there there are skits on the album. That's the one thing I miss about hip hop and R&B albums in general are skits. Built for Bodies is a skit about a home invasion. Where a dude just can't kill somebody. And that and that and that's what it is, man. Some guys in the streets, they ain't about that life, man. They ain't about that life. And then they talk about, you know, you bitch ass nigga, I don't know why you ain't marked that nigga and I'll put that lock shit on. And he is like, Yeah, nothing else to do but put the next lock song on, which is Breathe Easy. And that's a P. Killer track. P. Killer has two tracks on this album. Has uh Breathe Easy and Scream L O X. And this is another one of those Jada um, punchlines that has been Cited over and over again near, near the end to all y'all, little Jadis, for the thousandth time I don't recall hitting your moms or writing your rhymes. It was just because you might have seen me in and out of your house. There's no way that she can have a baby out of her mouth. That line has been said so many times over the last 22 years, not in raps, but just by people in general talking about oral sex. Comical, comical. Jada's, like I said, Jay's always been ahead of the times, always been ahead of the times. But oh, yeah, and DJ Premier. DJ Premier did Recognize. Oh, my God. For every Swiss Beats track on this album, it gets outshined by Premier. Because it's DJ DJ fucking Premier, yo. And Recognize is just one of those ones. Go to DJ Premier's YouTube channel. It's called So What's Up. DJ Premier's YouTube channel is called So What's Up. And he goes behind the scenes of all the beats that he's done over his 30-plus year career. Tons of hits. Probably the goat living producer in hip-hop. For my money. So yes, go to the DJ Premier's YouTube channel, So What's Up, and hear him discuss how Recognize came about. And you'll be happy that you did. The entire album is just a showcase for the locks They're Not talking about the shiny suit stuff. No more Rod Stewart samples. (laughs) Just them being them. Which is three street dudes from Yonkers. Rough Riders as a whole was a street crew from Yonkers. Only two outliers were Eve, of course, who was from Philly, and Drag On, who was from the Bronx. But this was Yonkers all the way. Everything about this album is just straight Yonkers. Everything about DMX's original albums were straight Yonkers. The Locks, for the most part, ended up. This was their last album as The Locks until 2013 because they pivoted to their own D Block imprint and became D Block. But their sole Rough Rider album that was during the Rough Rider era was huge. It went top five on the Billboard Top 200 albums, and it was number two on the top R&B and hip hop charts. That peak position, man, everyone was like waiting for the locks and they delivered. One thing I can say about this album that, of course, has aged poorly is all the violence. And granted, there's still violence in hip hop. Don't get me wrong. But most of the dudes today on the radio are either depressed or, you know, breaking up with women, popping pills. But back in those days, it was nothing to kill people on wax and cassette tape. I have a story about cassette tapes that I'll probably share another time but The violence on the record is just it jar- I mean it's jarring because these were some angry dudes you gotta remember at this point bad boy in 1998 1999 is mace puff total 112 posthumous biggie stuff then maybe the locks and those dudes were tired Like, yo we don't want to wear shiny suits we're tired of these you know pop samples. We want to do our albums our way. And Puff was like, nah, I'm good. And the locks are like, well, we're good. We won't record another album for you guys. And true to their word, they did not. The Only thing is, though, it took Puff forever to let go of that publishing. Because if you look, if you can find yourself a copy of We Are The Streets, cassette or CD, when you look at the album credits, you'll see Justin Combs publishing all over that motherfucker. Puff is the Barry Gordy of modern black music. You can go back to any Motown album. From any main artist that isn't Marvin, that isn't Smokey, that isn't Stevie. And you will see Joe Bittay Publishing. That is Barry Gordy's publishing arm. Because it is his children's name. Hazel Joy, Barry III, and Terry. So yes, go to Motown Records. Pick out any catalog you want from 1959 to about, I guess, 1989, 1990. You'll see Joe Bittay Publishing on there. And you can go to any Bad Boy album and see Justin Combs Publishing on there. Like Puff? Puff runs a tight ship, man. Puff runs a tight ship. And a lot of people seem to think that it's always good to be in the music business. But if you don't know your stuff, if you don't know the publishing, the song rights, the masters, all of that, you can be out here touring until you're like 900 years old. So just be mindful of that. And this is just one of those cases of industry rule number 4080. Shout out to the homie Q-tip. It is a nasty business. But the music is good. And yes, We Are The Streets is no exception. These are three guys that have gotten their freedom to talk about the stuff they want to talk about, get the beats they want to get, work with the people they want to work with. Lead and only single was Ride or Die Chick. And it's Timbaland on the beat. He's in the hook barely. Eve is in the hook. And it's about, you know, a woman who's ride or die. And it's the one time where you can feel the locks kind of slipping back into that jiggy spell. But it's jiggy light. It's... Stuff that they want to talk about, but it's still a pop record. I guess it all just depends on perspective. Because Ride or Die, Bitch, could have easily fit in on a Bad Boy Locks Out. But they wanted to do it their way. They wanted to work with Tim. Tim gave him that beat. Eve gives him the hook. It's on from there. Rest of the appearances, though, Casino, who is another Rough Rider associate, is on Can I Live. Can I Live is probably one of my favorite songs on that album. Because everybody snaps on it. Even Casino. And I'm not saying Casino's a bad rapper, because I never just heard that much from him, but his closing verse on that track is pretty solid. Styles actually closes that track, but Casino sets Styles up nice. And of course, there's If You Know by Dragon, On, Eve, and Swizz. Swizz, as a rapper, probably might be worse than Swizz the producer. Probably is, actually is worse than Swizz the producer. And we'll get more into Swizz the rapper on another album to be discussed during this BMM 30 series. But We Are The Streets... It might have been the only locks album during Rough Riders' heyday, but it was a massively successful one. It introduced all three solo members, introduced them as a group outside of Bad Boy, and it did well for them. And it set up Rough Riders nights nice for a good run in 2000. And that'll do it for day 20 of the CPT show Black Music Month 30 series. Greatly appreciate y'all for listening. Anchor.fm forward slash C H R I S P O D, the letter N T H A N G S. Be sure to search for that as a sentence on Spotify, Chris Pods and things. Find us there, subscribe, catch up to all the previous episodes. And when I get back into regular podcasts, you will want to hear about the other stuff I'm talking about. So thank you all for listening. Two thirds of the way through, 20 albums down, 10 to go. Let's have some fun with this. See you all tomorrow for day 21 of the BMM 30 series.